Hi, I'm Jackie. And I'm Candice. Welcome to WTF Women Talk Finance, a podcast where we take a simplified approach to all things finance, including investing, a topic we believe women don't talk about enough. We'll be speaking to women from all walks of life whose experience will help us frame some of the issues and challenges that women face every day in business. Maybe you're starting your own company, thinking about real estate. We'll have experts on the show to talk about what you need to know. Whether you're in your 20s or your 50s, we want to help you invest in your future starting today. I'd like to give a quick disclosure before we begin our conversation. This overview is for informational purposes only. We might include some projections and those should not be relied upon for the purpose of investing. Past performance is not indicative of future results and any investments we mention are meant for accredited investors only. And any offer can only be considered upon review of a prospectus and relevant offering documentation. So please keep this in mind as we move through this overview and remember that these are our opinions only. All right, welcome back. We are here with Kate Shannon for our third episode, and I'm so, I'm giddy about this episode. If you haven't listened to the prior couple episodes, please check those out because there's some really great tips in there. This one is a pet podcast for me because we are talking about tiny homes, which I am obsessed with. I really want to build a tiny home. I think tiny homes have this symbolic place in the new way we live too, about kind of living smaller, taking a look at our financial situation and determining how we can maybe shift that construct. I think a lot of us grew up with this idea of living with the white picket fence and the big house and all the things. And I love the disruption that tiny homes are to this mentality of how we live and that impacts our finances so today's episode special specialties that are about tiny homes tell us all the things Ugh, all the things start with why okay the why. why a tiny home um i in the last episode or the one before that i talked about the um andrea sure cultivating courage class so talk about synchronicity um one of the invitations was to create a clearing create a clearing any clearing you're clearing and I had gone through a really painful divorce he walked out with a duffel bag and left me with everything else and everything else included my entire lifetime of accumulated stuff at the whatever ripe old age of 33 and it was all my childhood things and ancestral things that I had stuck in boxes They had been in a storage closet while my daughter and I lived in our one bedroom. And when I was ready, I took them out of storage. We moved into a two bedroom so she could have her own space. But I put them in this closet, which was ceiling to floor, wall to wall, and I shut the doors. And nobody knew what was in there but me. And I didn't even actually know what was in there. So create a clearing. I was like, this is stupid, the stupid closet. That's it. I got to do the stupid closet because it was symbolic Um, and it was pragmatic all at the same time. So I Googled um, personal organizer, and I talked with four people that I found on the interwebs, and Julie Loomis, the woman that I hired, was like, this is how our conversation started. I was like, you do this for a living, right? Yeah. You can't judge me. That, that isn't, you just, you can't. And she's like, oh girl, that's not what I do. I am a helper. Like you are going to feel so good when we're done. And I was like, I don't care how I feel when we're done. You just can't judge me. Cause I just knew it was like, this was like worse than being naked with all this stuff in the closet. And we spent weeks, like a couple hours every week 
for weeks and weeks. It was months by the time we were done because having somebody to go through all of that crap with um, was important for me. I, I don't think I would have had the ability to do it myself without this like externalized accountability structure. She showed up every week at the same time and we did this and we'd open up a box and I'd be like, oh God, what am I going to do with all this stuff? Was it look and throw or was it look and save and throw? So it was this amazing um, conversation. Everything was different because it was different stuff in all these boxes. And I, I found for myself that I had all the a lot of the stuff because I thought if I get rid of the thing, then I will lose the memory. Because for me, I don't have a great memory. The things trigger the memory attached. And she said, can you take a picture of it and get rid of it? And I was like, ah, you know, gray matter everywhere. I'm like, yes, we can do this. So I've got somewhere that I have never revisited, by the way, an arsenal of photographs of stuff that I used to own, which then freed me to give it all to Goodwill. So I knew I just needed to get rid of that stuff. Simultaneously, like at, um, at parallel to that experience, I started watching the Tiny Home Show. And I was like, oh my God, that would be so great just to build to build something. My dad built the house that I grew up in and I was always enamored with that, but it was 3,600 square feet. Like, how am I going to build that? Um, time, money, talent, none of it. But something tiny was appealing. But I live in a fancy, no, correction. My daughter went to school in a neighborhood, in a neighborhood where I didn't want the kids to have one more thing to pick on her about. And so I kind of put that tiny home dream um, in the back burner and thought someday she'll be grown and gone and I can come back and re-explore it. So we're watching this show together and she's, I don't know, like seven at the time and she looks up at me and she goes, Mama, why can't we live in a tiny house? I said, oh, oh, but we can. (laughs) I was like, all we have to do is design it and build it and then we can live there. And that was actually the gateway to exploring um, the actual process of building. And I looked coast to coast, high and low for a great builder and then synergistically found Ryan Ott up in St. Cloud, who this was his jam and he was just a good human. Like we're still friends to this day. And if you're not from Minnesota, it's an hour from here. That's how the place she just mentioned, it's an hour from home. Yeah, an hour from home. After like talking with people in Colorado that were, and you know, people out East, you know, just all that nothing. And then all of a sudden, you know, the clouds part and the sun comes out. So um, I designed it and I've got, my value in this project was both in being tiny and on the aesthetic. So you've been there. I wanted it to be beautiful and light and a space that holds. So it's all mixed metals and stuff like that. I did a really good job, I think, of researching um, my my trailer builder because you have to get a custom trailer for the thing. And I and then we went through the process of getting rid of the rest, a lot of the rest of stuff in order to move into the tiny. And one um, cool tip it may have been Marie Kondo. You know, it, what I had been doing was I go, I look, I started in my closet and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I have to get down to like a quarter of all of this. And so I would take out an ugly shirt and I was like, this is never going to work. So I took everything out. 
I went through it and the question was, what do I really love? Like, what do I feel pretty in? What is only associated with positive memories? And it was so much easier um, to get down to the small things. Isn't it funny that so much is driven around this image, this expectation of what we're supposed to be? I mean, everything you talked about, that acquiring of all of those things was probably to serve some image purpose and the the home and what you wanted and what you thought it represented for your daughter and so kind of like shedding not even just the stuff but that that need for that image of what you're trying to live up to because I'm I know there's there's probably a lot who watch that show and go, oh, that's a young person's thing. Or, oh, that's something I could do later when my kids are out. And how much of it is actually about functionality? And it's not just about tiny homes, but how much of our life is built around just, mm, I have to maintain this because that's what I'm supposed to do versus shedding and i was certainly in that for a really long time like the unconscious going along with the social structures that we have been given that we have inherited instead of saying that doesn't work for me i don't need to judge the big house that i had or whatever i just look at it and i I, now i go that didn't work for me and and then that freed me up to go and do something else I remember, so Jackie was with me the day that I stepped foot to to shake hands with um, the property owner. So Tiny is in a 17-acre sculpture garden and mini golf course. Weird, I know. But um, but it's beautiful. And that was another thing that was really important to me was the beauty of the, the place that was surrounding us. But after I shook Bruce's hand and we had a deal that I was going to be able to put Tiny there, I took one step away from him and I had this panic attack and I thought, oh my God, what if I hate it? And then he took one more step and I was like, then you sell it and you go do something else. It's not a face tattoo. <laughs> oh, you know, I was like, oh, well, of course, you just go do something else. And, and that gave me the space that I needed not to have so much anxiety about it. Like you can always reacquire all that crap. And frankly, um, I think with like one exception of this dress or pair of shoes, I can't even remember what it is, but like, I don't miss any of the stuff. Um, that that we got rid of. And I think, oh, it's on, on to a new life to serve someone else. You've talked about a lot of symbolism with it. And you mentioned that you designed it. And having been there, I want to compliment you on the use of space. It's a very, very thoughtful use of space, which I think is also symbolic because as a financial advisor, as someone that supports other women, just moving through the world and being very conscious about it, you are very intentional about how you use all of your resources, money being one resource, space being another, right? So I don't know if that was a very intentional part of your process. I suspect it was, but the outcome is certainly there. It's a very intentional use of a resource being space. And I think that intention is key. Um, If I have mindlessness, I think, doesn't serve us. And so taking the time, I know, Candice, you said previously that you you guys sit down at least on an annual basis and take stock, at least on an annual basis and take stock. It's the internal work. What's working for me? Um, Ray Sclafani, he's a coach from ClientWise, keep, stop, start. 
what do I want to keep doing because it's great? What do I want to stop doing because it's not working for me anymore? And what am I not doing that I might consider inviting into my life to enhance it? Tell us about the first night you stayed there. Like, did you, what was it like? Did you feel this shift? What was It was that crazy first moment? because Michaela, my daughter, <laughs> we're, we're up in the loft and we hear this noise because it's a farm, right? And, and she looks at me and she goes, are those monkeys? So we always joke now we've got farm monkeys. I think they may have been owls. I need to, you know, do that app where you like Shazam the sound that the farm monkeys are making, but I hope it's owls. I think that there's such a, a bigger conversation here than just, you know, a tiny house, though. I think there's a lot that we've covered you went from having, and this is in a prior episode, this kind of sense of shame about your apartment living on the tracks. And there was this excitement kind of around that actually for the guests you invited to your home. And shedding that image that wasn't serving you and now living in a tiny home is like just what a cool shift to have made. But what I think is really cool here, I don't and I've been in financial services for a long time in various aspects of my career I don't meet a lot of people like you and and so it tells me there's more of you out there yeah who give and and are coaches who are who are as you said they're they're kind of the people on your shoulder in your financial life who can in fact align with your vision and your goals for yourself. And so that is what I think is really neat because I kind of tend to think of somebody in the financial service world as being kind of stuffy and definitely having all the things, right? And the fact that you have such a different relationship with money and means and lifestyle, it means that everybody is worthy of finding that coach, that partner, in their financial journey who really can align with them and help them see what is possible with their financial goals, including a tiny house, if that is what your goal is. And so I love that. And for the record, none of my clients live in tiny houses. Um, <laughs> you know, and some of them live on the top of mountains in other states. And and that is their dream for their one wild and precious life. And so again, the work that I do, in my view, is to elevate that vision. It's not my vision, but you know, if you find a good person, they can help ask the great questions to get to better answers. Honor your own, elevate someone else's. If we have, I always like to just end on like one little nugget for people. If somebody's sitting here and they've got a big closet of stuff, of things, of the things that are haunting them daily, yeah. what can they do right now? I think journaling is really powerful and asking ourselves questions. There's a hack where if you ask the question with your non-dominant hand, no, ask the question with your dominant hand, answer with your non-dominant hand. And the question might be, what am I supposed to do with all of this stuff and when? And let the answer emerge from you. Um, again, just just doing the work. And then if and when you're ready, you know, finding a partner to do the hard things with. I think for, it, for me, it's been a uh, gift. I'm all about f professionals and partnering and leveraging resources, so. I love that. And I love that the, the purging process of things that aren't serving you, trip, like 
trickles into the other elements of your life, right? Yeah. So the tangible, it will, it will go into the intangible. And to echo back, it's not just financial, but it's relationships that are serving you and not serving you. Your calendar, what on your calendar is serving you, not serving you. Food, what's serving you, not thoughts, right? And, and taking stock and auditing. Businesses audit all the time. Um, I think we do well to ourselves or for ourselves to do the same. I love it. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thanks for asking the question about the tiny. I love tiny. (laughs) Thank you for sharing part of your day with us. Please hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date with the WTF Women Talk Finance podcast. Email us with questions, suggestions, or just say hi at media at rowcapitalgroup.com. Again, thank you for listening to WTF Women Talk Finance podcast. Every day you hear about people making money by investing in IPOs and startups. But what about you? These kinds of investments are simply not available to Main Street investors. At Rowe Capital Group, we are committed to providing access to strategic, early stage, primarily low market correlated investment opportunities. Accredited investors go to rowcapitalgroup.com for more information. Rowe Capital Group, empowering your financial journey.